is that was the trophy as heavy as it looked oh my god jesus yeah it was that thing must have weighed i'm not exaggerating it had to weigh 50 pounds and uh you know i gotta admit there's there's one thing i have to say i didn't get to keep the trophy and i really really wanted to keep that trophy <laughs> did, did they give you anything uh you know what's funny I, I got nothing. I walked out of there with nothing. Like I, I you know, eventually obviously got a, a pretty sweet check in the mail, but like I walked away, they took our uniforms. They took <laughs> everything. I think I got a plastic water bottle with a tea on it. That's they, it. Did you get to do a shot of tequila with the rock? Nope, nope, oh, nope. Oh my. But I, in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up and part of the Morning Chalk Up podcast network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thanks for checking us out. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions. But check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe and uh, you have a public profile and me, you may be our next winner. Thanks. Okay, can we talk about the most delicious protein bars ever made? They have 20 grams of protein, no added sugar. The macros are phenomenal, like 200 calories. They are delicious, like a treat. Can't believe that the macros are the way they are and that the nutrients are what they are because they taste like a candy bar. Um, and I know my candy bars pretty well. I'm like a Snickers type of person. There's no aftertaste. They have so many flavors to choose from. If you don't, if you're not a fan of the caramel cashew, they've got salty peanut. They have a hazelnut nougat. They've got a chocolate dough, a crispy fudge, um, cookies and cream, white chocolate almond. They're all delicious, but check them out at bearbells.com and uh, try some for yourself. You won't be sorry. They're delicious. Totally awesome. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. Glad the link worked for you. Yeah, no problems. So, how you been? 
Megan in there. Uh, got this little bit of a neck thing that's been acting up and giving me problems. Feel pretty much debilitated the last two days, so I'm going to get an MRI on it. Uh, yeah, neck's a pain. pain. Oh, oh, man. It's like when your neck isn't working, you have to compensate by turning your whole body around. You know, it's it's been rough. So you outside? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Is it warm enough in Colorado or? It's a little chilly today, but uh, I was out on the road and I figured a Starbucks would be the place to stop and, and do this thing at. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, of course, of course, you can't sit inside right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for doing this. We're really laid back. It's just kind of a conversation um, and we won't take up more than an hour of your time. And uh, I've met you a couple times at the Arnold um and senior around been, Columbus been a, a few bunch. years yeah <laughs> yeah so we're, Amy and I are based in Columbus Ohio so I've seen oh, you okay. at Rogue I've seen you at the Arnold and but I was super excited to, to interview you so so for our listeners first of all this is a Clydesdale Fitness and Friends my name is Scott Switzer. I'm your host I'm the Clydesdale uh we love to do fitness and these are my friends and uh, today we have a special friend, Matt Chan, CrossFit legend, um, Titan Games champion, um, among a million other things, uh, a fire firefighter as well as that. So, uh, so where did you grow up, Matt? Uh, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, um, a town called Homewood, about maybe like 30, 45 minutes 30, 45 south minutes of uh, the, the city. So, yeah. So that's moved, uh, yeah, I moved I moved to Denver in like uh, 2001. So I've spent now the majority of my life in in uh, Colorado. So Sox or Cubs fan? Cubs, Cubs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember fan? going to a, a I remember going to a uh, Sox game when I was a kid, probably like seven eight years old, and uh, uh, the Robert Taylor homes are. Uh, if you're sitting in the outfield, you can see the Robert Taylor homes. And uh, my mom took me to the game and I remember seeing the Robert Taylor homes on fire. And, uh, and <laughs> I asked my mom, I was, you know, I was a little sketched out by the, the neighborhood anyway, but I asked my mom, I was like, wow, is this, is this normal that these apartments are on fire? And she's like, well, kind of. <laughs> so from then on, we went to Wrigley Field. <laughs> nice. Are you a Bears fan? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't watch much football. Um, it's because of, uh, for years of working for, for CrossFit, uh, I worked every single weekend, so, um, didn't have a ton of time to actually catch any of the games. And since then I've caught maybe a Broncos game here and there. Okay. I am a bears fan. That's why I ask. I don't know if you can see the helmet there somewhere there. Oh yeah. Got it. Yep. (laughs) Um, so, so what was your fitness like as a kid? Did you play a lot of sports? Yeah. You know, um, I think my mom recognized that I had a ton of energy and that if I didn't burn it off somehow, I was going to get in a bunch of trouble. So, uh, I think I started with swimming. That was kind of the first thing, uh, at the age of five and then, uh, you know, kind of cycled through things as the seasons went around. So I played soccer, uh, played baseball, a uh, little bit of peewee football, 
And uh, the one mainstay in my life was always the swimming. And uh, that generally, uh, it was almost year round. So we had uh, uh, USA age group swimming that we did pretty much all year, uh, summer included. And when I went into high school, I immediately made the varsity team on, on high school swimming. So I did that for four years. And when I went to college, I decided to, to not swim. And instead I played water polo for the, uh, for Western Illinois university. So still in the water, but, uh, basically in the water from the age of five until I graduated from college, I think I was like 22 or 23. So that's, that's my background. I was a swimmer coming up. I swam in college. Um, what events did you, did you do? Uh, mostly the 50, the hundred and the 200 IM. Uh, those are kind of the, the three that were the most, the most common that I did. But um, I think our coach kind of flipped us through some different, different events just to see how we do. And um, I swam the 200 free from time to time, uh, the hundred breaststroke from time to time, the hundred butterfly, but, uh, but primarily the 50 and hundred free. And then the, the two, two, 200 IM. Yeah, 200 IM was probably my favorite. I did a Me lot. Too, of, yeah. I did the two and the 200 and 500 freestyle, uh, and that just gets long and boring. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, like the IM was now, though. I like those longer ones where you have to kind of pace it out a little bit. Um, I feel like maybe in high school I didn't have the the mind for pacing, so like the hundred and the, and the fifty were kind of right <laughs> up my alley. Yeah, um, and then you played water polo, which may be the most savage sport out there that people don't even realize the, yeah, the amount really of is. action under the surface of the water is intense. Yeah. I mean, it's no wrestling and it's no uh, hockey, but for, for, for certain it's a, it's a rough sport. And uh, you know, when I was playing, I was probably like 175, 185, you know, no, I wasn't built like I am now. And uh, I certainly was, uh, was probably more of like the beta <laughs> in the water. <laughs> so, so, uh, I got my ass kicked a lot and, uh, luckily I had the swimming background so I could, you know, get my ass kicked and then, uh, and then swim away quickly. Yeah. 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 So, so you went to Western Illinois for college and, yeah. and what did you study? Where did you always want to be a firefighter or did you study something different? Uh, no, <laughs> actually I, uh, I studied computer science and information management. Um, so I was kind of, kind of a nerd and it was, it was great. It filled the needs that it needed to. I, I actually got a job at Winter Park Resort in Colorado when I moved out there, uh, in their IT department, which I, I did that for a number of years, probably about seven years. Um, and firefighting hadn't even entered my mind. It was something that I kind of happened into because, uh, a friend of mine was a volunteer firefighter in uh, Grand County, which, which, which is where I was living. And she asked me to come into uh, one of their uh, recruiting nights and, and, and lured me in with free pizza. And uh, <laughs> so I went and got the free pizza and I actually ended up uh, volunteering there for about three to four years. Um, and for a few years in there, I was even a, a resident in the station and uh really just kind of started to really like it and really started disliking what I was doing in IT. So I could see, you know, the writing was on the wall that I wasn't really all that good at the information technology stuff. Um, but that firefighting kind of came naturally because it was physical. It was, uh, you know, dangerous. 
and kind of fit within the things that I, I, I liked to do, like mountain biking and backcountry skiing. There was that element of, uh, of fear and kind of overcoming fear. And I really, I really enjoyed that side of it. And so that just became a love of yours and you're still doing it all, all the way up to today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did it for those four years at uh, East Grand and then uh, kind of pursued, you know, what it would look like to do it as a career. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the, the firefighting career is kind of a coveted position because of the schedule, the pay, the benefits. So when a department hires, generally they get thousands of applicants and, um, you know, not only do you have to have the correct certifications to, uh, and credentials to even apply, um, but you really have to have your uh, interviewing skills dialed in and really know what you want out of the job and, and uh, how you would fit in with the, with the crews. So that took me a number of years to actually figure out how to interview properly for the job. Um, but once I figured it out, I, uh, I ended up getting a job pretty quickly uh, at North Metro Fire in, uh, in the North Denver suburbs. So was firefighting what took you from Chicago to Denver? Uh, no, it was actually when I graduated from college, my parents oh. told me I had to uh, pay rent. So, <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah, if I'm going to pay rent, I'm going to pay rent somewhere I want to live. So I moved out to Colorado. Okay. And then I, I think I read somewhere that you were, you, you, were active in a gym when you were firefighting to stay, to stay fit, but it wasn't anything like CrossFit. It was like the back tries, buys, uh, yeah, typical yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, we're talking back in like probably 2000, you know, basically from when I was in high school. So 92 until, you know, I, until I got uh, the job in 2007 with North Metro fire, that, that was the routine, you know, every, everything I read in, in the various magazines was like the whole, uh, you know, bodybuilding style of back and buys, chest and tries, you know, separating the movements, supersets, uh, you know, an overload method. And, uh, that's, that's kind of what I knew. And that's, you know, the, the internet was, uh, kind of new and all the resources that are available now are not available then. Um, but when I, when I got hired by North Metro in 2007, one of the guys that I worked with, uh, I told him that I was having problems maintaining kind of a lower respiratory rate and heart rate when wearing my bunker gear and my pack uh, and, and then tasked with something like dragging a buddy out of, out of a, a room. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I heard, I heard about this thing called CrossFit that's supposed to be just for that sort of thing. You should check that out. And he printed out one of the CrossFit Journal articles that was, uh, it was written about Parker Fire, which is actually a, uh, a former fire department just south of where I'm at now uh, that implemented CrossFit as a uh, PT, uh, at their, their physical training for their academies. So, you know, I actually went down and checked out this academy and how they were running their stuff. And it was pretty interesting to watch. They were doing fight combat, actually. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but that's, that's what they were doing. So I, I, uh, I joined a gym, uh, a CrossFit gym and, and tried giving that a shot. And, 
I was really pleased with the outcome, you know, you know, I was sore every day and uh, I put on, geez, I mean, like right away, I put on 10 pounds uh, of muscle and I think it was just lower body muscle because I really didn't know how to do things like front squat, back squat, uh, deadlift, you know, that was really not something I'd really done before. So I was very pleased with the program and just kind of stuck with it. Did you notice a difference aerobically as well? No, <clears throat> you know, actually, uh, I, I'd have to say that, you know, uh, the aerobics development from a CrossFit program is one of my complaints maybe with the CrossFit program is that, you know, it's always high intensity, um, you know, and that's something that, you know, define CrossFit constantly varied functional movements, high intensity. Um, but, you know, I think as I've, as I've aged and kind of implemented other parts of other programs into what I do, um, I think the aerobic development side is actually more important than a, the uh, high intensity part of it. Um, now, that's not to say that they're not both important because they are, um, but the aerobic development stuff uh, is, is boring and nobody wants to do it. And frankly, it's what allows you to recover uh, better uh, between efforts. So as a firefighter, you know, we're limited by the time that we have in our SCBA bottle. So, you know, generally that's somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes for most, for most guys. And uh, generally, you know, you're working at a fast pace anaerobically. And then uh, once you are kind of like three quarters of the way through your bottle, it's time to go out and switch out. And during that time, you need to recover before you get sent in again. And, um, that's, that's what I had a hard time doing. So by implementing more aerobic work, um, so lower heart rate, uh, kind of like a, a heart rate where you can talk in full sentences without resting. And, uh, by implementing three days a week of that stuff, I found that my fitness has actually gotten a lot better. That's cool. Matt, one of the things I'm always surprised about just when we, we talk with um, firefighters, like we've had Ron Ortiz on here before, but besides the the pt test to get in i find that not all departments but some departments that there's not a necessary an annual or more follow-up on keeping your your physical fitness so what are your thoughts on on that piece uh, well we do at, at our department we do uh two assessments every year uh we do one that's called the fitness assessment which is generically referred to as the punt pass and kick um, because we just test a few different things and it's, it's used for your information only as a, uh, as a firefighter, it's not shared with, uh, administrative staff. It's not shared with, um, doctors or anything like that. It's literally just for your information and it's to trend the direction that your health and well-being is going. Um, so we use those, that those data points as something to say, Hey, look, you know, looks like you're slipping on this, this, and this. Um, if you need any assistance with that, just, you know, you got your, uh, your list of pure fitness trainers on your shift to reach out to and don't, don't hesitate to do it. And then the second uh, test that we utilize is, uh, we call it the job performance assessment. And it, it, it you know, it's on, honestly a lot like a CrossFit event, like a chipper, uh, but made up of firefighting tasks. So it starts with a, uh, a walk up three flights of stairs carrying a hose bundle 
and you're wearing your your uh, turnout gear and, and a and a SCBA bottle, <clears throat> and you walk up three flights of stairs carrying a hose bundle, so you know generally like twenty to thirty pounds. Um, you work your way up the stairs, you get to the top, and you you pull a, ho a hose line on a halyard up over a balcony, uh, and that thing's pretty heavy. I think it weighs like 30 to 50 pounds. Lower it back down under control and then uh, go back down the three set of stairs. You do a forcible entry prop where you actually, uh, you bang up against this uh, pad until you hit a buzzer. You drag a couple things, you raise a ladder. Um, so it's, it's, a pretty, uh, it's a pretty inclusive set of tests and there's a time frame in which you have to complete it. And again, this is something that is recorded for time and you can see where you're trending. Am I faster or slower than I was previously? And if you are over that time limit, you have to work with a, uh, a peer fitness trainer to actually get yourself back in shape to pass it. In theory, we're supposed to pull people offline so that they are not, uh, not a risk to others uh, if they are unable to pass that job performance assessment um, but we do, we do give our firefighters every attempt uh, that they need to, to, to try it again. Uh, maybe they slipped, maybe they had a bad day, maybe their ankle hurt, you know, um, but we let them retest it. If they pass it, then no big deal. But um, it is something that we're looking at um, to uh, see, see, I mean, just like, just like any other thing, we, we, we don't want our brothers and sisters to be eliminated from the job. But at the same time, we do want them to be safe. So um, we are looking at other methods to assess fitness and give them a, um, a number, basically a metric that they know they have to meet every year. And that metric should be all inclusive. And one of the ones that I really like is a VO2 max. The problem with VO2 max is uh, the older you get, your, your VO2 max naturally goes down. So uh, of course our older contingent in the fire department is is going to argue with that so we're, we're working on that but um mo most professional fire fire departments do have some combination of the two things that we do so i want to switch sub subjects a little bit and that is sheree um <laughs> yeah, i got great. i got the chance to meet her at the 2016 regionals i was working security right beside the analyst desk uh, and she was uh, the analyst for the the regionals here in Columbus. Uh, yeah. She is she's an amazing person. Um, she really is, yeah. And and watching her support you is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in CrossFit. How did yeah. you guys meet? Yeah, we met at Winter Park, um, Winter Park Resort, where we were both working. Uh, it just kind of lucked out that she and I both lived in the same employee housing, and uh, I got to know her just as a friend for a number of years. And we would ski and snowboard together. Um, and I mean, we really, we had a blast together. Uh, as things kind of lined up, she was always uh, dating somebody and, or I was always dating somebody. So uh, romantically things never really worked out, but there was always sparks there. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, definitely flirty with each other when we shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, uh, you know, eventually, I think uh, right around 2003, she and I started dating um, after being friends for four four years, something like that. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with her. She's so great. Uh, and 
the one the one thing about Sheree, you know, there's there's a million good things about Sheree, but um, she has supported me through every stupid thing that I've wanted to do. And uh, some of those things have been dangerous. Some of those things have been things that she doesn't think I should do, but she knows that it's important to me and she'll, she'll see, she'll help me through it. And uh, man, she's just, you know, I, I mean, I watch her face and I'm sure you saw it. Like when I'm participating in some of that stuff, she, she is more stressed than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a, uh, it's a fun thing to go through with her because she and I are both in it equally. And uh, it doesn't matter if I'm standing on the podium, it's, it's us standing on the podium. And it's a pretty, pretty uh, cool feeling to know that I have somebody that loves me enough to support me through the crazy shit that, I, that I'm interested in doing. And uh, some of that stuff is pretty selfish. And she, uh, she's willing to put up with me for <laughs> those times. But then eventually she also tells me the truth and says, all right, it's over it's time for us or me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not only are you a six time games competitor, but you got out of the friend zone. Yeah, that was pretty tough. <laughs> that, that might be a bigger accomplishment than, than yeah. all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the CrossFit games is only a small part of that stuff. You know, I mean, the, it, it was a big part of my life, you know, for a lot of years. Um, but, you know, she supported me through 24 hour mountain bike races. I just did a, uh, a couple of years ago, I did a hundred mile mountain bike race. That's considered the, the highest and hardest mountain bike race, endurance mountain bike race in, in the world. Uh, I did the, the ski race called the Grand Traverse, which was absolutely brutal. And uh, she supports me through all of that stuff. Like, like she's the one doing it. And uh, this summer we're actually taking a little time and we're going to do some things that she wants to do, um, which are not easy either. And, uh, and we're going to focus on some of her objectives. It, it, well, the coolest thing about it is you can tell that you two are 100% committed to each other by the, by the interactions and by the, the actions that she takes when you're out on, the, on the, the competition floor or whatever you're doing. And I, I just love seeing that. I, I, to see that true love is really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, she, uh, the, the thing about Sheree is... Um, we've had our ups and downs just like anybody, any other couple or, you know, married couple, we've had our ups and downs and there's been points where like, you know, you're looking at it like, God, how are we going to get through this? Like I am so angry right now. And she is so angry at me right now. And uh, you know, sometimes it lasts days, sometimes it lasts a week. Um, but you know, she and I have made a couple commitments to each other that we don't violate. And, you know, one of them is we don't talk about divorce. That's not a thing. Um, you know, we, we talk about how are we going to get through this? Um, and then the other thing is we, 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 we decided to lay some ground, ground rules for when we do argue so that we don't cross the line. And, uh, I think that, you know, those ground rules have really helped us over the years. And, um, I don't even know where she got it from. Like, but we, we were like, all right, look, if we're going to argue like this, we need to, we need to set some rules because, there's no use bringing up old shit, right? And that's one of our rules is like, let's talk about the now. Let's not talk about what, what, what's in the past. And yeah, it's not fair minute, fighting. Yeah, because we're never going to fix the stuff in the past. It's already yeah. fucked. 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, we got a bunch of those things and it's like, if we stick to those rules and, and you keep in mind, like I have to keep in mind that this woman has, has done, has given up so much for me and I would do anything for her. As long as I go back to that, like she and I are good. And, and that's really what gets us through most of everything. So in addition to just being a married couple, you're both on seminar staff. We're, we're, we were on we're, seminar staff. Yeah. We're, yep. yeah. And you were on um, for a very long time. Yeah, we were. Um, so I got hired by CrossFit HQ in uh, November or December of 2008. And Sheree got hired in shortly after, in like maybe February of 2009. And uh, we just uh, severed our relationship with them in 2020. And, uh, you know, it was just time for us to move on. And, you know, frankly, we had we were having a tough time because uh, the seminars weren't booking quite like they were before. And uh, with the number of staff members that were uh, working for CrossFit HQ, we were getting a little bit less work. So, you know, at the time I was already working back with the fire department. So my decision was pretty easy. And uh, Sheree decided that, you know, with the way things were going, it, it just made sense for her to move on as well. You guys are still going to come back to Columbus, hang out. Oh man. So I, so we actually work with, you know, I still work with uh, rogue. Um, we yep. just finished a little project with rogue using Zeus to help build out our uh, garage gym. And uh, we did a, we filmed it from start to finish. Um, so I haven't been able to get to Columbus in a while, but I love Columbus. Like, you know, I look at phone prices in Columbus just in case, you know, because I really, I, I dig the sea bus, man. And, uh, I got good friends there, you know, Dan Bailey's there, obviously the Henniggers are there and the whole rogue team. I know so many of those guys, but, uh, Columbus is a fun place to be. And there's so many great events that pass through there. And then just rogue itself. I don't know if you guys have been to their new shops, but I mean, oh, yeah. Holy oh, yeah. there's good stuff happening there. I mean, they're, you know, restaurants, that whole area that they own now is, is just going to blow up. We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast. As you can see there, um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. Well, speaking of Rogue, you know, how cool is it that you have a line at Rogue, like the Matt Chan bar? Yeah. Not yeah, everybody is, I, gets that. <laughs> no, not everybody gets that. And what's really cool about that one is it's not just uh, another barbell painted a little differently. It's actually got some pretty cool custom specs that, uh, that I worked with their, uh, their design team on. And it was really the way that came, that came about was uh, I was just there visiting, uh, doing some video work for them. And Bill wanted to show me their new uh, manufacturing facility with their, 
uh, where they make their barbells. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So we go over there, we take a look at it. And uh, <laughs> one of the guys, I, I forget what the guy's name was. I mean, the, the production guy at the time, his name was Ian. And uh, he asked me, he was like, he's like, do you want to, you know, maybe like make your own bar, make a custom bar like right now? I think, uh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, well, what would you do differently? And I kind of described to him the things that I would like out of a bar. And uh, so we made it. And uh, I was like, can I bring this thing home? And they were like, well, we're gonna have to talk to Bill about that. So they called Bill up. Bill comes back and he says, you know what? How about we just talk about maybe manufacturing this thing and put it up, put it uh, up on the line of barbells for sale. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that had, I mean, that had to be the coolest feeling to have your own own named bar. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen that thing like up close and personal. It is, in my opinion, I mean, I'm biased obviously, but like if you look at that compared to all the other bars that are out there, it is the sexiest bar on their line. <laughs> it is, it is. And you can get that at roguefitness.com, Matt Chan's bar. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. I just got one for this, believe it or not. Uh, so I had, I had the prototype for probably about like six or seven years. And I finally got bought myself the, the new black one with the black sleeves and it is sexy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, uh, I have an Ohio bar, so maybe I have to look into it. Yeah. So um, the next thing I have is you are a seven or six time. It's kind of confusing. Sometimes it says seven times. Sometimes it says six, but I believe it's six time CrossFit games athlete. Yeah. I made, I made it to the CrossFit games uh, six times and I made it just to regionals that in that last year I took uh, I think like seventh or ninth or something like that. Uh, so I, I, in 2015, I did not make it to the CrossFit games. And so in 2000, I think it was 2012, you finished second to yep. Rich. Uh, yep. What was that feeling like to make the podium uh, at, at the CrossFit Games? Well, for years, that was my goal. Um, you know, my goal was always to try to win, obviously. But um, in, uh, in 2008, my first year, I took eighth place and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was like, oh, you know what? this, I, I could be pretty good at this. So I'm going to, I'm going to try training a little harder. And, uh, 2009, I kind of learned some stuff. I, 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 didn't train quite right. I, uh, I did more like heavy lifting than conditioning. And then, uh, then I started to get the hang of it and I figured out what, what it took to actually, uh, do well at the CrossFit games. And in 2010, I took fourth, uh, 2011, I was top 10. I don't remember what place I came in. And then 2012, I took second place. And, uh, you know, I think once I stood on the podium in, in that second place slot, I really kind of felt good about my achievements. Um, probably could have pushed it a little bit further. Uh, but Shri and I decided in 2013 that we'd rather do some stuff with CrossFit HQ, also travel around a bit. Um, so, Training kind of went on the back burner, but still made it to the CrossFit Games. I think I ended up in like uh, 18th place or something like that. Um, and then after that, I started dealing with a bunch of injury stuff. So it kind of went downhill for me after the 2013 year. Well, you're you're a great guest because you you give me the lead into the next subject. <laughs> and of course, in, in, in 2014 was the horrific mountain bike accident uh, yeah. that, that almost cost you your life. 
uh, it, yeah. except for your strong skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I did. I lucked out, honestly, like simple accident. It's hap- I've seen videos of it happening to other people as well. Um, uh, so it's a common accident. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that pretty much ended, that pretty much ended like, uh, any hopes of CrossFit games in the future, just because, uh, the vasculature in my leg changed and I actually have dealt with, uh, it's called avascular necrosis. Um, so basically the, the distal end of my femur is, is slowly dying because of lack of blood flow. Um, is it related to that injury? I don't know. And our doctors can't tell me. So, um, as far as things like squatting and stuff like that, it's, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, I, I, I do squat, I squat heavy for me, but it's all relative and compared to what people are doing nowadays, uh, even in the master's divisions, I just, you know, I'm just not that competitive. So I'm, I'm back to the kind of like fun fitness stuff. So what was life like when, when that happened first, it's, it's a prime example of the, um, sickness wellness continuum, right? You had, you had moved all the way over to wellness. So when that accident happened, that may have saved your life. Uh, oh yeah, if, without if the a, skin would have broke, you you would have died, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, the doctor uh, in the emergency room uh, and, and the plastic surgeon that came in and closed everything up, they both said the same thing. They were like, you know, if you hadn't had as much muscle tissue as you have in your legs, um, your your leg would have split wide open, and and that artery that artery would have just been bleeding until uh, help arrived. Which was, you know, I didn't see the first search and rescue guy for 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, we could have uh, applied a lot of pressure, figured out a way to tourniquet uh, my upper thigh. But, you know, as it turned out, the, uh, the artery itself had retracted up into my, into my pelvis area. So, I mean, I couldn't have applied any pressure there anyway. Um, so yeah, it would have been bad. Um, and luckily enough, you know, like you said, with the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, I was so fit at the time that, you know, it only took me probably two to three months to really rehab. And soon thereafter, I was back squatting, you know, 450 pounds and front squatting 425. And I snatched 300 pounds, uh, literally six months later. So, I mean, it just goes to show like when you do have a, a good buffer against getting sick or ill, um, your life's going to be better because of it. And luckily I, <laughs> I was able to live through that shit because of that. And, um, and I'm sure Cherie was right there side by side with you supporting yeah. you through all that. Uh, cause it had to be just a mental, mental game at first as well. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I went through some ups and downs. Uh, you know, I, I, got a little disappointed, uh, that, you know, that probably my CrossFit career, uh, my competitive CrossFit career was over. Um, cause I, you know, just like any, anybody that has a athletic career, you start to identify with that and, you know, build up an ego due to that. And when that's taken away from you, or if it just, you know, if you become irrelevant, uh, it's a blow. And I definitely felt like that for a little while. Um, but I think Cherie really dealt with the, the brunt of, of the issues from that injury because, um, she felt like it was on her that we couldn't get the help that we needed while I was out there. 
And uh, I definitely think she dealt with some post-traumatic stress stuff because of that, because uh, now when we go hiking or, you know, on a mountain bike ride or any of that stuff, she needs to know where we're going. You know, do we have a method to contact search and rescue? Do we have a method to, to get in touch with police if necessary? Uh, what kind of animals are out there? Uh, you know, all, all that stuff. And, and we never, we, we, that was not a thing before. We used to go mountain biking at 5 p.m. and come home around 9 30, 10 o'clock with no lights. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, you know, things definitely changed and it definitely affected how we interacted on some of the, these adventures. But uh, slowly but surely, it, everything's gotten a little bit better. So, was it from the accident? that you started having knee problems or was that unrelated to that? I, I, you know, I wish I could tell you the truth to that. Uh, I, I would say that the knee problems came at that same time. Um, so chances are what ended up happening was, uh, because that leg was weaker for a period of time, I probably overused the other leg, um, and then try to balance it back out too quickly, you know, with, with physical therapy and probably just did a little bit of damage. I'm still, still dealing with it today. I've got a, a little, little mini hole in my meniscus right now that uh, I can't squat heavy right now because it'll lock my knee up. So, um, you know, I've got, I've got a really great uh, guy that helps me with, uh, with treatments, with blood products and it, it works like a charm. It just takes a little time. So let's talk about some of the fun things you've done since you've mentioned all the big mountain bike races, uh, the hundred mile. I think I read somewhere where the one, your goal was to make it under 12 hours, which I can't imagine doing anything for 12 hours straight. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you, yes. So that there, I have a bucket list for a lot of things and you know, the CrossFit games were on that bucket list. Um, once I discovered CrossFit and the CrossFit games, you know, that was on the bucket list. Um, but long before that I had about three or four different things that were on kind of my lifetime bucket list. And one of them was, uh, the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. Um, I discovered that in 2003 or 2002, uh, as I discovered mountain biking. And it's in Leadville, Colorado. It starts at 10,000 feet and goes up to 12,600 feet uh, and then turns back around. So it's a, it's 100 miles total. Um, very, very difficult race. Uh, a lot of people in it. And uh, the, the big trick is to if you, if you finish under 12 hours, you get a, a belt buckle. And it's a pretty badass belt buckle. It's like one of those old cowboy belt buckles, uh, gold and silver. Uh, if you finish under nine hours, you get the big belt buckle. And that thing, you could eat a, eat your dinner off of. It's so damn big. Uh, but 12, 12 hours was a realistic uh, goal for me. And I trained for about a year trying to do it. And, uh, and I came in at 11.08. Uh, very fulfilling um, to be able to train for that and, and, and then actually do it. Um, and then the other thing that was on the bucket list for the last 20 years was the race that I just completed uh, two weeks ago, and that's called the Grand Traverse, which is a 40-mile uh, ski, backcountry ski race from Mount Crested Butte 
which is in the Elk Mountain Range in central Colorado, all the way to Aspen Mountain uh, via the Elk Mountain Range. And you start at midnight. Uh, you have to have a partner. So my partner was a fellow firefighter named Cam Gallegos, great dude. Um, and we trained together a little bit. Um, and, and you start at midnight, you basically start skiing up Crescent Butte Mountain, and then you ski out of bounds out, out to uh, what's called Brush Creek, all the way over to uh, Aspen. And sounds simple, but holy hell, it was the, it's in the top three hardest things I've ever done. Um, 15 hours and uh, you're, you're on foot the whole time, uh, self-powered. So unlike a bicycle, you know, where you've got gearing that can push you further. This is as far as your steps can take you. That's where you're going. Um, and there was very little downhill skiing in that. Uh, we took our skins off the bottom of our skis probably about four times. And uh, the actual distance you're covering without your skins on is, was pretty minimal. Maybe, maybe a, a half mile at a time. So you're really doing most of this like a cross-country ski. And uh, we had hoped for sub 12 hours and uh, our, our families were there at the finish line at, at the sub 12 hour mark and they stayed there for an additional three hours until we showed up. <laughs> oh man, great. we were wrecked. So Amy and I had the chance to uh, watch you do the legends competition uh, at the 2019 Rogue Invitational. And I do have to say, I don't know if anybody had more fun than you did during that competition. Yeah. It looked like a high school reunion and you were the class clown. Yeah, you know, those guys, <laughs> I mean, those are the guys I came up with. And, uh, you know, some of them were, were being competitive and that was fine. But, you know, I, I was there just to have fun. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I did a muscle up. And then they tell us we're doing Amanda. And it was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, I guess... <laughs> guess I got to see if I could still do that, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, Jason, Chris, Miko, you know, Tommy Hackenbrook, you know, all those guys and, and the gals too. Um, those are the, those are the people I competed against for six years. And those are the people that really were the, uh, the beginning of the sport. OGs. The OGs. I mean, I, I said it there and I'll say it again. Um, you know, I feel like that group of people set the tone for what the CrossFit games is now. And many of the movements themselves, you know, were created by that group of people. Like, you know, barbell cycling was not a thing. And, uh, the, the backswing kip and a muscle up was not a thing. Uh, and, and we learned how to do that stuff so that we could be more efficient and beat each other. And, uh, one of the great parts about that was, is that, you know, those guys are so athletic. Once you see one person do one of those movements, uh, it's very easy to, to copy and replicate what they're doing and be like, oh shit, that's efficient. I can, I can do the, you know, whatever the movement is, I can do it faster now. So, and, Hey, look, look, this, this goes all the way back to the 2008 games when uh, Jason Kalipa decided to do squat clean thrusters or clusters for the final event of 30 uh, squat clean to overhead uh, with 155. That was the final event in the 2008 games. And, and he didn't do clean and jerks. He did 
clusters. And all of us were like, what the hell is that? Well, but I loved what you said though at the at the Rogue Invitational after that, how you were talking also though just about how you brought like the community aspect about it. Like that was the powerful part. Like when you were just saying that you guys kind of have shown us how to be the community. And that to me meant um it just it, it got me really excited about and, and reminded me about the best parts about CrossFit, besides the, you know, obviously the fitness, the wellness and all that, but really it's the the community aspect. Yeah. And, and the, the cool part about that is, is that most of us in that group of people were, were affiliate owners at some point. And so, you know, the, the rah, rah, cheer, cheer for, you know, the guy that's finishing last, that's something that we were doing on a daily basis to try to get our clients to finish these workouts that we know were ball busting workouts and, mm-hmm. uh, everything is relative. So whether, whether it's somebody that's coming in for their first week at CrossFit at the affiliate level, or whether it's, you know, us at the CrossFit games, we know how bad each of us are struggling, whether, whether it's your first day or whether it's some, one of these guys at the CrossFit games, it's like, I want to see you, I want to see you finish. You know, I want to see you finish because this is what we do. We cheer each other on. And at a certain point, you know, that definitely changed. And I'm not going to lie. I changed with that as well because, um, it definitely became more competitive. Um, I remember in 2013 uh, at the regionals event in Salt Lake City, uh, Chris Spieler, Eric O'Connor, and I, we, we rented, uh, we had a couple of, of travel trailers outside, parked outside of the event itself so that we didn't need to spend all that time inside the, uh, I think it was called like the Olympic Park Center or something like that. Um, just to keep our stress levels low so that we could spend time with our family um, and not sit in all of the high stress environment of people shouting and watching other competitors, you know, do well or suffer. And we caught a little bit of flack for that uh, because we weren't staying and cheering people on. Uh, But at that time it, it is, it was transitioning to what it is now where hey, look, I want these guys to do well. Don't get me wrong. And I would love to stay here and watch them do well. But I need to go start recovering for the next event because my livelihood depends on this. Yeah. So it's, def- it's a, def- it's a different, different game now than it was before. Um, probably with the exception of maybe like the Masters guys and, and, the, uh, and gals and the, and the teams, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I realize that those guys are all competitive uh, to their own degree, but it's just not the same as the individuals where they're making, you know, six figures on endorsements just to do well. Yeah. I think that's what was great about the legends is like, I started CrossFit in 2011 to see all of the people that were, were the big names when I started and just having fun. It wasn't about who won that competition. It was about like everybody out there just having fun. And I think that was great. Bill and Katie were genius in putting that together. Yeah, they really were. And they're no dummies. They know that they know that, you know, you put you put us oldies out there and, and people are gonna be like, Oh yeah, those guys, I remember them, they're awesome. I mean, yeah. I still I still idolize Miko Salo. I mean, that dude is just one hell of a guy and you don't hear a lot from him. So when you get to a chance to see him in person and he's doing his thing, it's just like, you know, <laughs> oh man, he's the legend. He's the he guy. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to finish up with a little bit of the Titan Games, and then we have a couple rapid fire questions to hit you with. 
And sure. so you're, you're the fourth person we've had on that's been on the Titan games, but the first champion. And you were the oldest competitor coming into that. And I, and I believe I heard, is it true that you were actually an alternate and got moved in after the fact? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, uh, uh, I wish I could remember the fellow's name um, that was, that had gotten the spot before me, but yeah, I was an alternate and they had asked me, they're like, Hey, look, you know, things happen. If you want to come, we'd love for you to come. Uh, there's only two alternates for men and two alternates for women. So if somebody gets hurt, you know, the likelihood that you'll get popped in there is, is high. So I was like, well, you know, I have to get time off of work, but Shree and I, and I think there's a lesson that a lot of people could take. Shree and I promised ourselves a long time ago that if there's an interesting opportunity, and even if it's not guaranteed, we're going to take that opportunity. And that has opened up so many doors for she and I across the years that never, ever in my life would, it, would I have guessed that it led to the things that it led to. Um, this is just another one of those. So I talked to Shree. Uh, came home they said I told her I was like hey they called they said I'm only going to be an alternate so I don't see taking time off of work to to go to this thing what do you think and she's like don't be an idiot go <laughs> so <laughs> so I I got a couple trades I went down there in uh late January and when I showed up immediately they were like they're like hey turns out the guy uh that that uh you were his alternate he, he uh, tore his bicep, so he's not coming down. Or it might have been his pec, uh, but he's not coming down. So uh, you want to you want to get in on the on the mix? I was like, oh, oh, oh. well, let's see. Yes. <laughs> so, so what yeah. was the overall experience like? It was very different than CrossFit because they they were like sh uh, shorter events. Um, you only had to do a couple. Um, the other people have told us that it, what we saw on TV was really a different order than the way you guys kind of did it. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, it was, well, here's the similarities. Uh, similarities are that it was a competition. Uh, there was an audience. Um, there was an announcer. There was hype. Uh, there was interviews ahead uh, beforehand. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that were similar that, you know, luckily I, I had had the opportunity to go through some of that stuff and it wasn't as stressful as it was for some of these other guys. The dissimilarities would be, <clears throat> um, it's very, very Hollywood. Um, so, you know, every, everything from makeup, uh, to hair, I did sugar lip scrubs because my lips are disgusting and apparently that's <laughs> not appealing to people. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, but also just the, the way that like, you know, if you say something and they don't really like the way you say it, you say it again, and then it gets twisted a little bit. And then, you know, they really drum up your story. Right. So, uh, I think really what they wanted to do is have people, I, uh, the viewers identify with you in some way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, for me, it was that injury that they wanted people to identify with that you could come back from an injury and still have a successful athletic life. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I agree with that. I, you know, the way that they pumped it up though, maybe isn't exactly me. Um, but I think it turned out really good. And the one thing that I really loved that they did that wasn't on the plan was 
they really highlighted Shri and I's relationship throughout the entire event. Um, because frankly, she and I rely so much on each other for support and to get through things like that, that, you know, when I watched the final, uh, when I, when I got to watch the show and it was this, uh, you know, when they started showing it in whatever August and they started showing how much they showed Sharia, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I was in tears. It's just like, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> seeing this is like, Oh my gosh, just bringing it all back. But yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. I do have to say the events were extraordinarily hard. Um, and yes, you didn't get to see all of the event. Uh, they, they definitely cut stuff out so that it was a little bit, little bit more watchable for, for, uh, for the viewer. Yeah, I, I just have to say how impressed I was with where you're tied to the guy with the rope and you have to throw the trash cans, yeah. oil drums, was whatever. It, they, you were, the, you were much the best smaller. One, was it? Huh? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a bigger guy than me for sure. I think he might, he, we might weigh the same, but he's definitely taller. Uh, and, and he's a beast. That guy, Doc Thor, he's a beast. And you, you like dominated that event. It was, that was so impressive. Well, I think the, the, the thing that I benefited from was I, you know, I know how to use my body and bodybuilders, and this is no offense to bodybuilding because I, I use bodybuilding on a daily basis as, as accessory work. But when you think of your body as parts and pieces rather than a whole, and how can you get the job, job done with a hole? That's, that's what, what makes CrossFitters so powerful. Uh, and, you know, people that train isolation movements, less powerful. Can they get bigger muscles? Yes, they can. But when you're using your body as a whole, you just have much more power. And, and the perfect example is like, we always, I mean, you, I have a YouTube channel that has, you know, how to perform a kipping pull-up. And I can't tell you how many comments I delete that say, what the hell is this shit? You know, when it comes to the <laughs> kipping, right? But hey, I'd love to see you perform 70 kippy, uh, seventy pull-ups in a row because I can do that. And I'm using my same body just like you're using your same body, you know? So I think that's where maybe uh, Danny, myself, Kareem, uh, you know, the group of CrossFitters that were on the show, that's why – those guys excelled is because they just know how to use their bodies as a whole. And the last question I have about the Titan games is that was the trophy as heavy as it looked? Oh my God, Jesus. Yeah, it was. That thing must've weighed. I'm not exaggerating. It had to weigh 50 pounds. And uh, you know, I got to admit there's, there's one thing I have to say. I didn't get to keep the trophy and I really, really wanted to keep that trophy. <laughs> Did they give you anything? Uh, you know what's funny? I, I got nothing. I walked out of there with nothing. Like I, I you know, eventually obviously got a, a pretty sweet check in the mail, but like I walked away. They took our uniforms, they took <laughs> everything. I think I got a plastic water bottle with a tea on it. That's it. Did you get to do a shot of tequila with the rock? Nope. Nope. Oh, nope. Come on. But I, I'll tell you what, though. All right. So you guys probably saw the guy named uh, Will Sutton. Uh, he was country strong. Strong. So, so Will Sutton and I, were, we turned out to be really good friends throughout the entire time, even in our auditions. Uh, I was like, I like this guy. He's got a, he's got a good attitude. And uh, we're standing there one day 
and it was uh, kind of like the sem- semifinal. So there's probably like six of us standing around and the rock walks up. And of course we're all like enamored, like, Oh, it's the rock. Here he is. And uh, he's standing there and he's tr- making small talk a little bit. And uh, it got awkward. We're all kind of standing there. Nobody knows what to, what to say. And the rock's kind of doing his thing. And then old Will Sutton says, Hey rock, you like to hunt? <laughs> It's like the rock turns to it and says, he's like, he's like, did you just ask me if I like to hunt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, it, it was, uh, it was tough. Uh, he's a, he's a real down to earth guy, but I mean, he is just on another level than us. So it was really hard to have a a real conversation with him. Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and hit you with the rapid fire questions and, uh, Amy's up first. What is the craziest um, fire department story that you can share with us? Oh, craziest fire department story. Okay, well, here's a quick one. Uh, we're in the uh, we're in the ambulance. I, I I sometimes work on an ambulance, and we're in the ambulance, and uh, we got a call for a guy who's walking down the middle of the street, and uh, we we stop, we pick him up sir where do you live and he was clearly disoriented um didn't know where he was didn't know you know this that or the other so we put him in the back of the ambulance and really our only choice is to take him to the hospital so he's like he's like no no don't take me to the hospital i don't want to go to the hospital he's like i I live around here or i live around here and it's pretty clear that he was out of it so we're like, all right, sir. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to just drive around a little bit. And if you see your house, just let us know. But we're going to have to take you to the hospital. So in my head, I'm thinking, no way are we finding this house. We're driving around, driving around, driving around. He can't even see anything. And then all of a sudden, he just decides, he's like, this is my house. Like, there's no windows. He's not looking out a window. So we open the door. I was like, okay, well, my partner is going to go check and see if this is your house. Thinking like, okay, we're taking this guy to the hospital. No shit. Somehow, without even seeing the house, the guy, uh, my partner goes up, knocks on the door and says, hey, are you missing like a 95-year-old man? And they're like, yes, actually, we are. (laughs) And no shit, it was the guy's house. He just, he had the wherewithal to to know where he was at. So that was interesting. That's great. Charlie, you're up. Do you have the the Uh, question? Tacos or pizza? Oh, man, that is rough, Charlie. Uh, I'm going to go tacos. I eat tacos three, three times a week. So I'm going to go tacos. Nice. All right. Well, mine is who is more chipper in the morning? You or Cherie? Oh, Cherie, without a doubt. My God, <laughs> it takes me 45 minutes to be able to feel like a human. <laughs> um, best part about living in Colorado. Uh, just the adventures. Like, I mean, uh, I will say that my favorite thing right now is uh, September hunting season. I just absolutely love it. Doesn't even need, I don't even need to get anything. I just love being out there. Your favorite games movement. You know what I always loved about the games was they always, for a number of years there, they always included swimming and nobody else could swim except for me. So, <laughs> so, so I always shined on those ones. So I'm going to go with swimming. <laughs> and my, my last one is uh, your favorite thing you like to do to just recharge, relax, um, get away from it all. 
Uh, sauna. I, I'll, I'll do a I'll do a forty five minute sauna at one ninety, pretty much every day, and I use that as kind of like my mindfulness practice as well as just kind of let the body recoup a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Matt, this has been a fun hour. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, you've you've had the best background of any of our guests with the beautiful uh, clouds in the sky and oh, thanks. <laughs> saw some planes go by as we were talking. Yep. So, well, thank you very much. You're, you're an OG. We've, we've been following you for a long time. Uh, you've always been awesome when I've run into you at, at the Arnold or Rogue. Um, and it was just great to chat with you. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Good to meet you guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We'll talk Good soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.